Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 309, 75 degrees, with some showers in the area, some clouds, some sun, a little mix of everything today. Saw the clouds moving in a little heavier when I was coming into the studio on this Monday, August 28th, 2023. How was your weekend? Hope it was... Well, hope you recharged the batteries. I again decided to uh, bust my butt and do the things I said I was going to do. I I did build that dining room table. If you follow me on social media, you uh, have seen pictures of it. It's not uh, finished yet as far as the finishing, but it is built. It's ready to go. All it does is needs its uh, finishing and hard coat, and it's ready to go. All done. Two days, a day and a half, actually. Most of the day, Saturday. And then uh, some finishing up with it on the little, some minor details, some trim work on Sunday. Uh, so I did that. And then I was out Saturday night at a nonprofit that I am a member of. Had some good times there. Again, posted some pictures of that as well. Uh, but I hope you did uh, whatever makes you enjoyable, whatever makes you happy. That's what our weekends are for, to kind of recharge those batteries, focus on why we do what we do during the week. And... Uh, you know, get us get us through that day and put a little jingle in our pocket so we can uh, get by, right? Because that's what we're all trying to do here. Just get by. Live our lives. Leave us alone. Have the enjoyable moments. We'll work hard regardless as long as you don't make it too difficult on us. Uh, and that's what we'll do. So I hope you, in turn, had your enjoyable weekend. We did not have the, the turnout on the Notre Dame Navy game that we uh, expected. Real lopsided coverage from NBC, but I get it. They're, they're Notre Dame's network, so all the side stories were mostly about Notre Dame, Notre Dame players, Notre Dame history, and such like that. It wasn't really balanced as far as all the the uh, excellent stories on the Naval Academy side from the Naval, Navy football team. But pretty much got crushed, and uh, you know, one of my first questions was, how old was Notre Dame's quarterback? He looked like he was 30. And it turns out I think he's 24 or 25. He's a graduate student. I think he's played college football for six or seven years. Uh, but with the year of COVID, re-eligibility, and graduate students that can play, I guess uh, that's the way. And he had a phenomenal game. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm, I, I'm an Irish fan, but except when they play Navy. Rightfully so. Um, but two different ends of the spectrum because uh, Navy rugby played Notre Dame rugby earlier the day before. And they shut them out like 78 to nothing. Navy beat Notre Dame. Uh, but the football game, we're lucky we got a field goal in. Other than that, it would have been a goose egg for us. And I think the final score was like 48 to 3. I, I did watch it. I did finish up my table in enough time to catch. I think I missed the first two minutes. I miss, missed the march on with my daughter. So she's going to be angry at me. Uh, I think they had about 500 midshipmen there to represent the Naval Academy. And uh, she had a great time. She was only there a couple days. She got there Thursday. They had Friday, Saturday, and they left Sunday. So I think they left Thursday night. They got there Friday morning, had all day Friday. Saturday was the game, and then they left Sunday afternoon. So it really was a quick turnaround for them. But they they did have a good time. She did say she enjoyed herself. Uh, Ireland o- opened up you know, their arms, welcoming to both the Navy and uh Irish fans. And and if you don't know a little of the history behind that, um, basically Notre Dame exists because of the Navy. Uh, Notre Dame was going bankrupt back in the Depression days. 
And Navy, the Navy Secretary of the Navy at the time came to them and says, hey, we'll, we'll, we will send our NROTC students there uh, to sustain you guys through this, this depression. And they did, and it kept Notre Dame afloat. And because of that, uh, the respect that's there and the tradition that's there between the two, uh, Notre Dame, who was, I think, a ranked 16th school, will always play Navy as long as they want to have that matchup. And Navy's one of the few service academies that actually play top 20 ranked teams, um, you know, Notre Dame being one of them on an annual basis. And it's a great game if you if you don't see it. One year it's usually held in a bigger neutral stadium, and then one year it's held at, at Notre Dame. The Navy Marine Corps Stadium is really not big enough for the demand for tickets. And I think uh, Ireland was 40,000 sold out. So usually when they play, you know, they've played in San Diego before. They played down in Jacksonville. They you sometimes play in Redskin Stadium or whether they the Commander Stadium, whatever they're called now. So uh, if you can ever check out a game, I, I encourage it. Outside of the Army-Navy game, it's one of the best rivalry games going. Uh, we do have some breaking news out of North Carolina. The University of North Carolina is on a lockdown and the shelter in place because of an armed and dangerous person. Um, really no details on what's going on. I'm watching on the news. Uh, it started breaking when I was coming in today. They have a picture of a suspect who looks like an Asian male, uh, but they're really not, or I can't make out what the detail is. But um, the college has put out a warning of an armed and dangerous person, and they are asking for shelter in place. I am watching law enforcement uh, evacuate people in an organized fashion with their hands up, uh, mostly appear to be college students. I'm sure some staff mixed in in there. So if we get some updates on that, you know, we, we will get them to you. Uh, we'll get it to you when I, when I see it. Uh, today is also the 60th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. August 28th in 1963, he gave that iconic speech. I, I wanted to play it with you, but it turns out it's copyrighted and I can't play it for you. Um, kind of strange, huh, for such an iconic, uh, historic speech to, to not being able to play because it's it's copywritten by his estate. And, uh, you know, we, we can get into some excerpts of it here, but I just can't play any audio of it for you. But, uh, again, uh, I have a bunch of stories today that shows there is, there is a concerted effort to divide us. There, there just simply is on all sorts of levels uh, based on race, based on sex, based on sexual orientation, you know, based on pretty much everything. Law enforcement, turning law enforcement against the people. Whoa. Okay. Uh, sorry, we had something to come through the headphone. The Jake, that didn't go over the air, did it? <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry about that, guy. Something came through my headphones. I thought something on EAS was breaking in or something. But... We really need to to make a concerted effort to push back on these entities. Mainstream media, media, politicians, a lot of them are it. And just watching, you know, this UNC shooter who, again, the suspect, as the per the picture on my screen right now, appears to be a male Asian. And they're showing the evacuations, a large police presence and such. But then we had the tragedy uh, in Jacksonville. It was clearly a disturbed, racist individual who needs to... 
who, who we definitely need to do better in, in weeding out from our societies. But then you have similar incidents which go away very quickly. I mean, look at the transgender shooter who targeted a Christian school. You know, look at the, the African-American male, the black male, who ran down, mowed down pedestrians. You know, at a, a, you know, those stories go away because there's not that stoke of controversy. There's not that, you know, that, that. But you had politicians, you had media organizations for this just tragic Jacksonville shooting ramp up the racist dissent. The ramp up the the racist confrontation that that and even the sheriff, I applaud the sheriff down there who who really said, hey, this is an evil guy. This isn't about the tool he used. This isn't about all these things you're making it out to be. This is just an evil person who did evil things. So I applaud him for taking that stance. But you had, you know, of course, your Senator Schumer, your your. Senators and representatives from all over, again, stoking that racial divide because it, 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 it gives them power. It gives them opportunity. It gives them and their surrogates resources to raise money and cause this controversy. And without controversy, they, they don't really need it. If everything ran smoothly in this country, do you really think we'd need all the politicians that we need? I mean, come on. If, if our politicians in Harrisburg were able to get along and do things better— I mean, you think we could probably do do without a few of them? You know, same thing on the national level. They need this because they have to justify their very existence. And and they say, look, there's these problems out there. There's these boogeymans out there. And, and you need me to to help you do these things. And, uh, you know, just looking at the words of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech of, of this March on Washington in 1963 just brings me back and some of the stories I'm going to talk about today where you just have to shake, you read the headline, and then, like, even I'll say to myself, oh, my God. And then I'll read the story and, like, what were they talking about? Because they know that headline, the first sentence or so, is as far as people get. And they're going to say with just that headline to their friends, hey, did you see this? Did you hear this? I read it in the paper. When the story is totally different from what they're trying to portray it to be. And we fall for it time and time again. If you see a headline out there that just makes you go, oh my God, this you need to re- do your research. And sometimes there are, like this Jacksonville shooter, there are just monsters out there who do evil things. And there are situations where you just have to shake your head and say, you know, we need to do better as a society. But, you know, I, I just want to go over some of the things that were said in 1963. Uh, And to this day, we truly need to live by. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men and yes, white men, would be granted the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Another quote from it. uh, I said to you today, my friends, even though we were faced with difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It's a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out of the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And finally, you know, one of the one of the paragraphs that really jumped out at me of the 1963 speech. 
This will be the day when all God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land where the pilgrims pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, it must become true. So let freedom ring from the prestigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightened Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from the stone mountains of Georgia. Let freedom ring from the lookout mountain in Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill in Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. We need to live up to those words. And we need to do everything we can to let freedom ring. And by letting freedom ring, we have to challenge those who want to divide us each and every day for nothing more than position and power. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Leaves out. Leaves out the fact that this gentleman was black or Hispanic. And also when, when white when white people like to say, well, I'm against illegal mass illegal invasion, they say, well, you must be racist. I've heard this consciously. And when they hear me and other Latinos that say I'm against illegal, but white pe- white, the white media likes to likes to bring up the fact that if you are you're opposed to uh, illegal immigration, Latinos, you must be racist. And, and, and like I said, I, I heard that incident in, in New York and Wisconsin and other incidents and in Pittsburgh last week and in Philadelphia where blacks, oh, in Alabama two weeks, three, um, uh, six weeks ago where uh, three black people, uh, openly, uh, targeted about six or seven blacks. And also the fact that I told this black man he did not disagree with me. Uh, blacks have the highest in, you are ten times more likely to be killed have a vicious crime against you if you're black. Black-on-black crime is an epidemic in this country. Unfortunately, black brothers, they're targeting each other. But the white media never likes to mention that black-on-black crime is an epidemic. You're a black person, and I said this to my black brother last night, you are far safer to be around white people. You will not be, uh, probably not be attacked. But the white media consciously brings out, they love to, uh, they love to bring out the fact, oh, like, like what happened in the, in Dallas store uh two day a day ago oh he's a racist oh yes he could be racist but they they consciously leave out the fact when a black person or person of color even latinos like me when we openly target white people in california where i lived there was gangs that openly targeted white people europeans and so that's all i have to say and and white people walk on some many the media walks on eggshells when it comes to uh black on black crime they leave out the fact that was black that killed eight or nine people and they leave out the fact when a black person uh, when a a black person uh um Gets t- it's just it's just a double standard. I'm glad the affirmative action was eliminated. It's just the media conscious leaves out the fact that 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 that, and I get sick and tired of that. And like I told you, I talked to a black brother last night, and he agreed with me that the media loves and they get excited when when black people get targeted by a white person. Yeah, they, they get excited. They, so they love the, it. Their 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 progress, and I appreciate you, Colucci. I know I got to go after Thank that. You. Thank um, you. They so dissent. That the media is sowing dissent because hopefully that dissent takes hold and they could get other ratings on the things that happened because of the dissent that they sowed. It's as simple as that. They are perpetuating unrest. They are perpetuating controversy. 
they are dropping the seeds, hopefully hoping that that starts. And when it doesn't fit the narrative, they just want it to go away. Crime knows no race. There are evil. Evil knows no race. There are evil out there. There's criminals out there. Uh, and now what Luciano said, yes, if you're a black person, you are more likely to be killed by a black person. And if you're a white person, you're more likely to be killed by a white person. Those are the statistical facts. It's as simple as that. So we need to start pushing back on the media. And, and like I said, I'm going to have a couple stories with this as we go through today uh, to, to highlight it, to highlight their dishonesty when they try and push an agenda on us to hopefully take the bait. It's 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Uh, I have some updates on the UNC uh, lockdown that's been going on and the shelter in place that's still there. They are still searching for the individual, and the person of interest that they have named is a graduate student at UNC that goes by the name of Talei Chi. Last name is spelled Q-I. That's pronounced Chi, C-H-E-E in... Uh, in the English translation. Now, the person of interest, who was a graduate student at UNC, studied at the Wuhan University, according to a website run by the UNC Chapel Hill, which collaborated with the Wuhan Virology Institute, where gain-of-function research was funded by Fauci's NIH. Uh, the armed suspect fired a shot near the campus lab, wounding one. That's the information I have at this time. But there are pictures in the background posted on an individual who's, who's allegedly a graduate student at the uh, university, and they are still searching for him on and about the campus, is the way they're putting it uh, on TV about that. So we will uh, we'll continue to monitor that, but it's interesting that this graduate student, uh, I would assume, it doesn't say he's a Chinese citizen, but he's a graduate student at UNC Chapel Hill. But previously from the Wuhan University. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the background on this is and how fast the media drops interest, depending on what happens here. But um, I'm only reading online that there's was one person shot, wounding one person. It just says one wounding one person. It doesn't say shot. Um on the update there. So we're, we're going to keep monitoring this as it goes on and talk about uh, some of the other things that uh, they try and divide us with. And uh, we'll have to start calling them out on it. We'll have to start pushing back on the division because it's all, it's all a smokescreen. They don't want us questioning them. They'd rather us questioning each other. And it's as simple as that. And text message, uh, you know, put it great. Rob, I was told a long time ago about work. If you're fighting amongst yourselves, you're not fighting with management. Sound familiar? Dead on, 100%. And we need to, to start focusing on where this nonsense is truly coming from and who it's saying it. Stop buying into this nonsense, this division. We have way more in common with each other than they want us to know that they want us to believe, that they want us to practice. They want us at each other because it keeps them in power. It's 342 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 346, 74 degrees. Uh, parking lot looks wet outside. It's saying cloudy here. I would say rain and clouds in our area. 
so hopefully uh, it's avoiding you, but if not, be careful when you're driving outside because there is some rain in the area. So it appears that most of Florida is under a state of emergency as uh, what used to be Tropical Storm Adalia is now a Category 3 hurricane. Supposed to hit somewhere on the west side of Florida near the Tampa area. Uh, like I said, I was speaking to friends of mine in Broward County, which is the east side of the coast you know, between Miami and Fort Lauderdale, you know, that area there. So they're not as concerned with it. You know, They'll get the winds and the surf and stuff like that. But I do have friends in the west coast in the Tampa area, and they are starting to take this seriously. The gas lines were already there. The uh, stores you know, were already people in there getting prepped. But, you know, I saw the comparison to how uh, Ron DeSantis canceled his campaign events that he had to go there, A, for the Jacksonville shooting that happened there from what all accounts appear to be, you know, a crazy racist. Simple as that. There are, there are people out there. It's not indicative of our populace as a whole, but there are individuals of all demographics who just don't like people who are different than them. And rather than that blanket posts, rather than blanket statements trying to write this off as as a, a systemic white supremacy or other things that are out there, how about we just call it for what it is? And, and it's as simple as that. And what I was talking about how they jump on this this division, by they I mean politicians, your media, and, and everyone involved there. You know, here are some of the, the statements that came out. All about all the same time. So there has to be a memo that goes out to especially the politicians, to the media entities saying, hey, this is our narrative. This is what you're going to run with. So Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, I'm heartbroken and angered to learn about the racist shooting that took place lives of three black people in Jacksonville, Florida. Our hearts are with the victims, their families in the city of Jacksonville. We must stand up to bigotry and hate and we must keep working to end gun violence. So he kind of, you know, hit all his. His targets there, got the guns, got the white supremacist, got the racist angle. At the same time, or within a minute of each other, Senator Kristen Gillibrand, another senator from New York, my heart goes out to the families of those killed in this horrific shooting and uh, to the students and staff at the uh, EWC Tigers. We must root out the cancers of racism and white supremacy and ban the military-style assault rifles that enable their hateful violence. And then you got the mainstream media at the same time as the politicians. State Senator Tracy Davis on Jacksonville shooting. These three people were gunned down because they were black. We are in 2023 and we're dealing with the racial issues like this. It's devastating simply knowing that you are targeted because of the color of your skin. Um, that was MSNBC, the, the Katie Fang show. It's not just a culture war. It's a real war. It's a real war on black and brown lives. Um, Maxwell Frost of Florida on the Jacksonville shooting. It's again, they're perpetuating the narrative to divide us. Not some crazy whack job was a criminal, did criminal stuff, and did target black people. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this with the Bloomberg Money Minute. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 354, 74 degrees with some rain in the area outside. We're going to get a little local here. This uh, Black Creek Township teen charged with murdering his 17-year-old girlfriend last year is scheduled to appear in court this week as he seeks to get the case moved to juvenile court. 
Alan J. Myers, 18 now, awaits trial on criminal homicide charges alleging he fatally shot a 17-year-old girlfriend at her home in Butler Township in August of 2020. His attorney seeks to have the case moved to juvenile court because Myers was 17 years old at the time of the shooting. And a juvenile delinquency determination would allow for Myers to remain under court supervision until he turns 21. In contrast, a first-degree murder conviction as an adult would put Myers in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, Well, I know where I stand here. I'm sorry, he was 17. He made the conscious decision to take a gun, to shoot his girlfriend, and kill her. I don't care if he was 17. I don't care if he's 18 now. You mean to tell me that's what he's going to do and you're going to put him under court supervision in a juvenile day camp until he turns 21 and then that's it? He's done? He's released? No, how about we charge him with first-degree murder and let him spend the good portion of his life, if not all of it, in prison? He took someone's child away from them. Sister. Granddaughter. We need to stop coddling criminals who want to do adult crimes. You know, this isn't someone stealing candy from the candy store. This isn't someone who got into a fist street fight when they were, you know, a teenager, you know, trying to to figure out their place in the pecking order. This is a guy who was in a relationship in her house, took a gun and shot her and killed her at the age of 17. Yes, I think he's capable to understand what he was doing. Turney argues that Myers is uh, amendable to treatment and rehabilitation as a juvenile because of his age, mental capacity, and maturity. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. He gave up all those things the second he took a gun, pointed at someone, and pulled the trigger. In a recent motions, the attorney also petitioned the court to suppress a prosecution's expert report because the expert, Dr. Jonas O'Brien III, did not interview Myers until June 5th. Muckler wrote that he still had not received the expert report as of the date the motion was filed, July 31st. Court records indicate prosecutors had not responded to the motion as of Friday. Luzerne County uh, President Judge Michael Vaux is expected to hear the arguments on the motion as well as Meyer's effort to move the case to juvenile court on Tuesday afternoon. According to the charges, Myers and his girlfriend had been dating and got into an argument about Myers spending time with a 14-year-old girl. Early the morning of August 25th, his girlfriend was fatally shot in her bedroom. Prosecutors say Myers then fled the scene, disposed of the gun, and removed the license plate from his vehicle. Sounds like coordinated motive and effort to me. He was captured at a rest stop in the Dorrance exit of Interstate 81 roughly nine hours later. Myers continues to be held without bail on charges of criminal homicide, illegal weapons possession, and tampering with evidence. No trial date has been set. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have no sympathy. Should be tried in as an adult. You add all the things that are factored in there. Okay, so you're in a relationship with this girl. I get it. You're 17. She was probably around the same age. You're spending time with a 14-year-old girl. Your girlfriend questions you and you shoot her in the face. In her own bedroom, you have the wherewithal to dispose of the gun and then remove the license plate from your vehicle. Yes, coordinated, motivated, 
adult charges. You want to do big boy crimes, you do big boy time. It's as simple as that. I'll tell you what, you, you give this guy juvenile supervision until he was 21 and come out, and that was my kid, he'd make it to 21 in a day. This is ridiculous. This is, we need to stop coddling and start treating people like the criminals they are. It's unbelievable. This Again, this is this was somebody's daughter. You know, friends in school, life taken from her. Because he wanted to do something big. He wanted to be the big man with the gun, pointed at her and kill her. Well, you know what? Tough. Cry every day. I hope you do. Hope the other big boys in jail show you what it's like in jail as well. It's uh, 4 o'clock here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.